Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. My question to you is, what consumes, excites, maybe could destroy you, probably motivates you as an average college student? Grades, right? Right? Anybody with me? Right? Like, oh man, grades, yes. They excite me. They could destroy me. Amen. Anybody been on, on the receiving end of that? All right. Anybody lied to your parents about your grades? Okay. Uh, you're in church. All right. Let's be honest. For the average college student, it's relationships. Um, it can consume you. It can excite you. But it can destroy you, as we have seen many times over and over. See, you could be in a relationship right now. You could be uh, just getting out of a relationship. You could be thinking about a relationship. You know, my question to you is right now, who is in a relationship right now? Let's raise your hands. Don't be, don't be scared. Awesome. All right. Maybe a, more, maybe a more relevant question. Who here is not in a relationship? Okay, there we go. I love it. I love it. Come on now. This is my thought tonight. I just want to have a conversation with you. Like, where are you going to learn how to, to like, date the godly way? Like, I mean, literally, in this world, where are you going to learn how to date the godly way? Like, don't get me wrong. I love church, and, like, I've gone to a variety of churches over the last 15 years. But out of the last 15 years, you want to know how many sermons I've heard about dating Maybe, maybe two, right? Maybe two sermons have talked about dating. But where else are you going to learn how to date the godly way? Is it going to be television, right? Is it going to be social media? Is it going to be your, your mom and dad, right? Come on now. Hey, come on. They, they could have dated the right way. You never know. Like, but for me, guys, if, if this was me, if I had to go back uh, to my 20s and like, and I just thought about, man, if I would have learned how to date, like from the TV, like you turn on Bravo or, or MTV or something like that, what do they do when they're dating? It's like they argue over the stupidest things, right, just for television. They fight, they fight, they fight, they argue, they argue, and then they make up, and it's like nothing ever happened, right? And then it's like rinse and repeat. They fight, they fight, they fight, and then they make up. What about, what about social media? Right? I call social media the highlight reel. Like, you only see the good thing. Oh, they went on a cute, expensive day. Oh, they look so good here. They look so good like that, right? They're holding hand cuddles. Like, but you're not seeing, like, the in-between. Like, the girl was hangry before that date, right? Like, she was hangry. They, she was getting on to him. He took her to McDonald's, but it wasn't good enough, so they had to go somewhere in class. Like, you didn't, you see, you can't really learn how to date from social media. And guys, let me not even get you started on if I would have learned how to date from my parents, my parents, like, let me just give you a little bit of a taste of Brent Russell's life. My dad took my mom catfishing for their 40th anniversary. All right. (laughs) Catfishing. Now, if I would have taken my girl catfishing for our anniversary, 
I would have been walking home, all right? Like, I would have been walking home. That's just... But tonight, I want us to learn about dating. How do we date? How do we discuss dating? And I I don't know what the title was. Falling for you, that's great. It's catchy. Falling, you get it? All right? Y'all didn't get that until just now. You're welcome. I want us to look at three things. I want us to look at the motive the mindset, and the methods to us dating. What is our motive for dating? Why is it, what is our why in dating? Now, when I talk about dating, all right, I'm talking in this context. I'm saying that you are attaching your life to a certain somebody, and you're pursuing them, and they're pursuing you. Uh, You could call it Facebook official, right? Like, y'all are legit a couple, all right? You're not dating other people. This is your person. Now, let me tell you about dating as a Christian. Dating as a Christian always has a direction. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, people will perish. Many people's relationships, as we have seen, even some of our own relationships, as we have seen, perished because they lacked vision and because they lacked direction. So our direction in dating as a Christian, I'm about to, I'm about to blow your mind. You ready for this? We date so we can get married. I mean, I just, I just dropped the hammer, right? Like y'all are, should we just close up now and go on, right? We date and our end goal Our vision, our direction in our dating is so we can get married. Like, we don't just attach our life to somebody just to date. We don't just date to date. We date with the understanding that we are trying to see if you and I are compatible in order to get married for the rest of our lives. Now, let's look at some scripture of why I think Many of us should get married. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8, it says this. I wish all were as myself am. This is Paul saying, I wish you were all single like me. But each of you has his own gift. This is where you get my reoccurring joke that singleness is a gift. And Paul explains that later on in text. If you want to learn that, we're not going to learn that tonight. All right. But verse 8, it says this. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should be married. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. What Paul is saying here is, I wish you were to stay single as I am single, but if you cannot because you burn with passion, then you should get married. You want to get a full room audience's attention is talk about burning with passion and say sex. And like everybody's like locked into me right now, right? No, maybe not. There is a goal that Paul is trying to state here. There's a goal that Paul is trying to teach many people, but many people overlook this passage. They take it at face value, and they're thinking, well, if I just think about sex all the time, then I need to get married. Or my girlfriend and I, we just can't keep our hands off of each other, so we need to get married, right? Like, could you imagine if you walked up to like a John, and you're like, hey, John, why did you and Julie get married? Well, let me tell you. 
We just couldn't keep our hands off of each other. That's why I married her, right? Pretty, uh, pretty crazy, all right? But here, this is why this is dangerous if we think this way. Because whatever your motive is for your marriage will be the only motive to sustain your marriage. Whatever motive it is for your marriage will be the motive that you expect to sustain your marriage. You come into your marriage for sex, you're going to expect sex to be the thing that keeps your marriage alive. Students, i got a question. How excited were you on your 16th birthday when you got your driver's license? Am I right? Was everybody excited? Right? You're excited? No, I mean, if, if your mom needed to go to the gas station for a candy bar, you're like, I got this. All right, hey, mom, I'll drive you. I'll serve you. Okay? Like, like, it didn't matter. You wanted to drive. You would just drive to drive. Anybody out there, you just drive just because you could drive, right? You were excited about it. It was fun. Like, I mean, but my question to you is now that you've been driving for two, three, four years, like, is it a little different to drive now? Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, it's great, yeah, it's freedom, yeah, it's important. But you're starting to realize, like, you spend more time in this world not driving than you actually do driving. So many people think sex is this big deal, and you build your relationship around it, but it's like driving. It's such a small aspect of your marriage that, yeah, while it's fun, and yeah, it's important, and yeah, it's biblical, you will soon find out it's just one of the many things that help build into your relationship. It's not supposed to be the thing that dominates and sustains your relationship. It's not just sex and then everything else falls into place. It's not like you build your whole relationship around this and not worry about anything else, and not worry about connecting with another person or doing life with anybody else. No, Paul is, has an undergoing reason of why he is saying that if you're burning with passion, then you need to go ahead and get married. There's, an un, there's a reason why he is saying that. He's saying that we are all children of Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we have one mission. We have one direction, and this is it. It's to glorify Christ and to bring people to Him. And in that purpose and in that direction, we as children of God, we might have a little distraction of this passion of the flesh, the sex, right? And if you are a person who burns with passion, and this might distract you from your direction of glorifying Christ and bringing people to him, then you should be married. I was one of those people, okay? I was one of those people that needed to be married. I love my girl over there, my rib, my boo, right? But see, when you're married, that doesn't mean that you lose your motive in life. That means that you do everything in your power to enhance your motive in your life. You get, you get married and your motive is still the same, to glorify Christ and to bring people to Him. Marriage is supposed to enhance your walk with Christ, not hurt your walk with Christ. So what does this mean about dating? You date someone with the same goal. That I'm dating this person who's also burning with passion, right? We know this. 
But that's not the reason. I'm dating this, per- this person because my motive is to bring glory to God in marriage and bring people to the feet of Jesus Christ. And this person that I'm attaching my life to is either going to help me with my calling or this is someone that I'm not supposed to marry and I need to move on and find someone who can help me better in that calling for my life. That's about as black and white as I can make it. That's about as plain as, this, as I can make this text right here. I date to see if this person can help me bring people to Christ or not. All the extracurriculars I truly believe will fall into place. That's our motive. But what is our mindset? What should our mindset be? When I think mindset, I think of how do we focus on the task at hand you know, I feel like the world like dates for many different reasons. Obviously, I think many people date in this world because they do want to have sex. I mean, how many people do we know in this world are, are dating people just to have sex? Just to be blunt with you, there's no biblical support to having, biblical, to having premarital sex. The Bible is very clear that sex is within the confines of marriage, and it's between man of one wife and a woman of one husband. And we're going to talk about that more in February in our relationship series. But some people also date for something else. Not only sex, but some people also date because they find worth. People can't be alone because they feel worthless. Some people only date people because when they have somebody, they feel like they're more important, right? And they only find worth in their relationship. Isn't it funny, though? I want to speak to somebody in here. Isn't it funny that about a month three, you still feel that worthlessness with that person? Side note here is you're trying to fill a God-sized hole that only Jesus can fill. And because Jesus is the only relationship that can make you whole, every other relationship, be that friends or be that dating, or to be a glorification of God, there's no counterfeit God that can take a place of Jesus Christ's whole in your life. But see, our mindset is different than people who do not know Christ. Because Christ has set a mindset that a married man and a married woman should have it. It's in Ephesians 5.25. Says this, husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with her word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor and without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He loves his wife, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does to the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let his wife see that she respects her husband. Students, I truly believe that if we have a mind of Christ and we are renewing our minds daily, we are getting to his word, we're studying it, we're memorizing it, we're meditating on it, we're praying it, then we are literally taking worldly thoughts out of our mind and we're implanting the truth of God's word in our lives every single day. And with that, we should look different than the world. Not only should we look different than the world, we should act different than the world. We should dress different than the world. 
Stay relevant, though, all right? Let's, you don't need to go like Little House on the Prairie, Laura Ingalls, okay? But also, let's leave a little room for some imagination. Come on now, Holy Spirit, all right? Oh, I'm going to get an email about that one. But <clears throat> if we do all of these things different, act different, talk different, we should also date different. Like, not just date to not have sex, not just date and look like everybody else in this world, but we should date different because we are different. We should pursue people different because we are different. We are a new creation under Christ. Now listen, I'm sure there's some great pastors who talk about dating. Uh, ben Stewart's one of them. JP is another one. And they talk about relationships uh, probably far better off than me. But if I can just give two cents, especially about this passage, that God kind of gave me a new angle on maybe how to look at this scripture. Um, I believe that when looking at the scripture, you see how Christ loves the church and he gave himself up for the church. And you look in the Greek context and it's a continual giving. Like he's continually giving himself to us. He continually helps us. He continually provides for us. He continually not only died for one of our sins, but he died for all of our sins. He didn't just help us once. He helps us daily. He didn't forgive us just once. He forgives us continually. See, if our marriage is to be a reflection of Jesus Christ and how He serves and loves the church, then maybe our mindset in the confines of dating should be similar to that degree. To a degree that girls... Now, let me set some, some parameters here, like not in marriage. So right now, I'm going to tell you, in a dating relationship, this guy should have no control over you. This guy should have no control over you because that's... You, that's your daddy's job, and if your daddy's not walking with Jesus, then it's just you and Jesus, right? And guys, in the dating world, you are not this girl's spiritual leader. That's not your job right now. That's between her and Jesus because you have not entered into marriage yet. But under those degrees, what this tells me is our mindset is different than the world because the world teaches you to date people for what they can do for you what they can give you. But if Christ has showed us anything in Ephesians, he's built it on what can you do and serve for the other person? How can you help the other person be more like Christ? I know that this seems strange in dating, but there's a great advantage to this approach on, man, how can I serve the person that I'm dating? Because when you serve people, it gives you a different lens on that person. Because when you serve someone, you try to learn where they lack and you try to help them in that area. Now let me take this a step farther. When you enter a relationship with someone who have, you have already gone on multiple dates with, amen, hallelujah, all right, you've gotten to know them, you got to ask them the hard questions, you got to see how they interact with people. You got to see how they um, get angry or get sad or get mad. All right, this is kind of some prerequisites before you enter into a relationship with somebody. And by golly, you know how much they love Jesus or not. Can we say an amen to that? Do not date somebody that does not love Jesus, all right? But when you enter into a relationship like that, you know that this person excites you. You like them and they like you and you could possibly marry this person later on down the road. You want to evaluate it just a little more. When you enter into that relationship, 
you know that they're consistently at the feet of Jesus pursuing Him. What if you serve them in a way to try to keep their eyes on Jesus? What if your service was to help them stay at the feet of Jesus? What if your focus was to continually serve them and, and, and love them where they are at? Because when you put on those servant goggles, we're going to talk about more of those details in just a second. When you put on those servant goggles, you're going to find out how much effort it takes to serve this person to help them to be the brother or the sister of Christ that they should be. And when you serve, you will evaluate how much effort you have to put into their life to be the person of God that they need to be. And at that moment, when you evaluate, and I don't think it's going to take very long, and you see where they lack, and you see where they need service, and you see how much time they're spending at the feet of Jesus, and being like Jesus, and acting like Jesus, and talking like Jesus, at that moment, when you have taken a time, and you've taken some prayer and some research, you're going to realize, is this someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with or not. Two things happen when you put on this servant's mentality to your girlfriend or your boyfriend. First, you see them for who they really are, not for necessarily what they want to show everyone else. Because when you're serving them as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, you're constantly asking Jesus to give you eyes to see that person. And you want to pray for that person. And you're going to seek Jesus to help you serve that person and to bring God glory with your service. And he's going to start opening things up in your mind. And you're going to start seeing things. You're going to start feeling things that Jesus wants you to see in that, part, in that person. You're going to start seeing things in their life that you can help them with or things in your life that you know that you can't help them with. And you're going to see the good things and you're going to see the bad things. And you will have to determine if this is someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Here's the hard truth about this. A lot of us in here are going to have something to deal with when we do this, when we start seeing people and serving people the way that Christ wants us to is you're going to start seeing that there's a lot of people in this world that talk about how much they love Jesus, but their life doesn't reflect it. They're not pursuing Jesus with a lot of their life. They might be pursuing Jesus maybe a little bit with their life or nothing with their life. And you're trying to serve them and be a good brother or sister in Christ, but you start seeing how far they are from the feet of Jesus, and you realize that you can't be the one that is constantly pushing them closer to Jesus. You can't be the one that's always trying to get them closer to Jesus. And you know already that that can't be happening because you need somebody in your life to hold you up when you are feeling down. Because you're like, man, I don't want to always be the one that's pushing you. I need someone to come and help me. I need someone to sometimes help me to the feet of Jesus because I'm falling and I feel like I'm lacking. You're going to see the reality of them. But the second thing that you might see when you are serving your boyfriend or girlfriend, and this is awesome, is if you start serving them like a brother or sister in Christ, and man, you're praying over them, and you're excited about the relationship, and you're like, God, just give me the eyes to see. Let me help this person in such a great and mighty way. Help me just take them closer to your feet, or help me like just be a great brother or sister to them. You know what's going to happen? Maybe, just maybe, you're going to start serving them, but then you're going to start seeing how they're serving you at the same time, and how they're starting to love you 
you in ways that you've never been loved before and how they're doing little things for you and serving you in great ways, helping you to be closer to Jesus and you're helping them be closer to Jesus. And what happens is you start seeing that, that Jesus is the centralization of your life and you start connecting in such a real way and you're still excited about the relationship and how they're serving you and you're serving them and you'll connect in such a real and godly way. And tell you, let me tell you, if you find that person, that's the person that you spend the rest of your life with. Students, if I know anything about like marriage, it's team effort. Like It's a team effort to make the relationship work. It's a team effort, especially when you get kids, especially if you have three boys, four and under. Like Praise be to Jesus. We need him every single day to show up. And when mama gets sick, like, daddy doesn't know how to do anything, right? Like, it's a team effort, and now it might be 90 to 10, all right, but it's, I still put in my time, all right? It might even be less than that, yeah. But listen, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is not dating to glorify Jesus, then they're not going to marry you to glorify Jesus. If your boyfriend and girlfriend that you are dating is not dating you to glorify Jesus, then they won't marry you to glorify Jesus. And that's a dangerous road that, that it's for you to go on. Um, and I'm telling you, you need to find someone who serves the Lord, who loves him, because the two of you can go serve others for Jesus. And that will bring more glory to Jesus than just about anything in your life. My last point is this, is method. If we know our motive is to bring glory to Jesus and bring people to him, and we know our mindset is to serve our boyfriend or girlfriend to evaluate how far close they are to Jesus, what are some methods that we can accomplish this task? First thing, I I just wrote two simple points out. I think that you should serve them in the little things. Like, I love it when, like, people take time out of their day to, like, make someone feel special, Right? A lot, of our boy, a lot of our boyfriends or girlfriends, their cars are just gross. Anybody with me? All right. My wife's car is absolutely destroyed. All right. Maybe just maybe. What about just a little thing? Like, like you're like, hey, babe, let me have your keys for an hour. All right. And you take it down to the car wash and you, you wash the heck out of that car. You scrub it. You vacuum it. You get the little goop out of the tray. You know, like you want to show someone that you love them. Get the goop out of the tray. All right. Like. I don't even know where that came from. But, man, do little things like that to make them feel special. Or maybe one of y'all is having a bad time, and maybe you go cook some food or maybe go order some food and just get a blanket, take it down to the duck pond, be real real fancy, all right? And maybe you just need to distract them for an hour out of the day and say, you know what, I just want you to know, like, I've been praying for you. I care about you. You're special. You're doing good work. I know that you got a lot on your plate. Like, I'm here to help you with anything. Um, Man, I just want to encourage you. Is is there anything I need to pray for you about? And y'all just sit there and spend some quality time together. Be, Be special in the small things. Serve them in the little things. Do little things for them that make them feel special. And I think that's important. Serve them in the little things. But I think more importantly, we need to serve them to the godly things. I think first and foremost, you need to pray for them. You want to, the best service that you can do for any relationship is pray for them. It's the second biggest decision of your life next to um, following Jesus as the Lord and Savior 
of your life. You need to make it count. Don't let prayer be absent in your relationship. You need to pray apart from each other. You need to pray together because you need to let Jesus be everywhere in your relationship. And this is why. Because every strong house has a strong foundation. Just like every strong relationship should have a strong foundation. And you need to build your relationship on the rock of Jesus Christ because nothing will be able to tear that down. Plus, it's a little hard to slip up if you're like, make a, like, every time we walk away at night, like, we pray to Jesus, right? Like, like, what if you just made that, like, hey, every time we leave, like, let's just pray to Jesus. Like, that's pretty good accountability. Amen, hallelujah. Like, it's hard to slip up when you make prayer a priority in your life. But you need to pray for them. Second thing is you need to protect each other. I think you need to control the narrative in your relationship. I think you need to serve each other. Um, actually, I think you need to. I think you need to think ahead. You need, you need to control the narrative in the sense that, like, you need to prepare yourself not to be in any room alone. So maybe, just maybe, you think, well, hey, you know, what? I'm gonna make a game up tonight. All right, we're gonna go play a game. Maybe you're gonna think ahead, then you're gonna think about a movie that you can go to, or maybe you can do a fancy date. All right, maybe you're broke like I was in, in college and I took uh, a girlfriend or two, maybe three, to Lake Overholzer Bridge in Oklahoma City, all right? If you've never been there, go there about midnight. You might need to bring a firearm. It gets a little sketchy out there, but it's sure beautiful, all right? But go beyond yourself to do the extra step. Make it fun. Make it exciting. But you also need to know their weak points. I think this is what makes people just a little more special. Maybe their weak point is time management. And you can take time out of your day. You say, you know what? Listen, I know you're not getting some things done. I want to serve you in this. And let's go work on homework together. Maybe you're not getting this done. I would love to help you with this. Maybe I would want to help you this. Maybe it's just... Um, they're living an unhealthy lifestyle. And you're like, listen, like, I know that you need to work out. It's going to help out your stress. I also need to work out. Let's go to the gym three times a week, right? Do something for them. Maybe they are a negative thoughts person. And maybe you can do the extra step of maybe the first thing in the morning is sending them a scripture or sending them a text, a prayer text. And just saying, like, man, I'm praying for you. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're courageous in the Lord. Lastly is this, and I think this is something that maybe when you get a little more into your relationship, you need to partner with them for your motives and your mindsets. You need to figure out where you get to your jet fuel from um, with Jesus. What is your gift Maybe it's someone that likes to bring people together and enjoys people and, and is a great encourager. And maybe you're just someone who likes to be around people and find out what their problems are and you want to serve them and, and you can be able to work one off of the other. Nothing is, is more special to me than um, my wife and I being able to work together at something. She is very good at a little thing that I call chit-chat. My wife is a very good chit-chatter. It's a skill, right? Like, uh, those of us who can't chit-chat, we understand how big of a deal it is to be able to chit-chat, right? I can chit-chat for about three minutes strong, 
And then I'm like, this is going nowhere, right? Like some people can chit-chat. They can chit-chat all day long. Anybody raise your hand if you can chit-chat day long? Yep, okay, there you go. See, that's a skill that I just do not have. My wife can gather people, and, and we gather people, and we get couples to go on dates with us, and she's really good at chit-chatting. She's working a game, and I'm listening, and I'll throw in a couple two cents here and there, but I'm listening for my, my key. I can feel the Holy Spirit come through me, and I'm waiting for this one little thing where I turn this chit-chat into the gospel, all right? Because I love deep conversations, and I want to get to know you, and I'm waiting for that turn, right? It's about, it's about 22 minutes into it. I got it. We got it down pretty good. But it really is. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to come over me. And I get to ask that question that turns the whole in com- the conversation. And I try to do it in such a way where it's like a smooth transition. And then she knows, like, it's time for us to start tag teaming. And we'll start kind of just getting it, like, church. And, like, where are you at with the gospel and Jesus? And, like, we literally just tag team this rhythm. Um, and I love to be able to do that with her. And we're able to work one off of the other and being able to share Christ with somebody. Students, listen, I don't know where you're at in this dating world. But I wish that I would have learned this er- earlier because uh, it would have saved me a lot of time. I truly believe that if you put your serving goggles on with somebody, I'm going to put a little time limit on you. If you put your serving goggles on and you find somebody um, like this or you find somebody that you're dating and you're excited about, I believe that you can find out in three months or less if this is a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. I really do. I think you can find out in three months if this is the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with or not. It's the biggest, it's the second biggest decision of your life. I think you need to make it a priority in your life. And listen, our motive to date is what? It's to bring God glory and to bring people to the feet of Jesus. And we want to have a marriage that looks like that. So if you want a marriage that brings people to the feet of Jesus, you need to have a dating relationship that brings people to Jesus. Our mindset is what? Is to serve our boyfriend or our girlfriend, to see how they work and to see what proximity they are to Jesus. And if this is the type of person that I want to be with, do I always have to push them or do we push each other? Do we grow together? Do we both love Jesus and pursue him passionately and want to bring other people with us or not? And listen, if they don't, Please, I beg you, break up with them. It's about as blunt as you can get, right? If they don't, it's not worth your time because you need to be able to be the person of God that you want to be. And darkness and light can never coexist like you've heard me say a thousand times. Our mindset needs to be glorifying Christ as well. Last thing is this, is we need to serve them. We not only need to serve them in the little things, but we need to serve them in the godly things. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for you. We thank you for your word and that we're able to learn from it, even about things like dating. Lord, I know students in here right now, some of them right now, they really want to date somebody and maybe they need to learn how to be the person who pursues you passionately right now in their singleness so that when they get into a relationship, they are able to keep their head afloat and they're able to continue to pursue you passionately, even in a relationship. Lord, whatever relationships that any of these students get into, I beg that 
they are pursuing Jesus passionately. If there's someone in here who is in a relationship that they're not pursuing Jesus passionately, I beg that they have a real conversation with you and, and you lead them in the direction that, that you want them to go and that they listen. Lord, I know that relationships are such a big deal in our lives. And Lord, I ask that we just don't think lightly upon us. I ask that, that we don't rush into a relationship. I ask that we take it lightly. We'd be able to take our time because this is the second biggest decision of our life. This is a lifelong commitment. And Lord, let them be able to be patient. Let them be able to have fun. Let them be able to date people and get to know them. But Lord, I ask that out of this group tonight, and that people just be able to find the right person that they're both pursuing you passionately with. Lord, I know a lot of students right now, they're struggling even uh, not only with that relationship, but the relationship with you. Lord, I know that I am not even pursuing Jesus passionately, and I don't know if I should be getting into a relationship if I don't have that. Lord, I, I beg that they give their life to you tonight, that they know that you came and they, that you died for their sins and that you want to have a relationship with them. Lord, just give them strength to enter into that relationship. Lord, be with us tonight. Give these students encouragement as they finish out this week. Lord, finish. Let them be able to pursue you passionately. Let them be able to find their rhythm with you, find their gifting with you, find where they be able to get energized by doing works for you. Lord, give them strength. Give them compassion for your name. Amen. If you would, stand.